This is part three of our podcast series, Overcoming Emotional Eating. Last week, we walked through dealing with the emotions of emotional eating. But as I mentioned in part one of this series, more than just emotions cause us to reach for food. And we put many of these things under the umbrella of emotional eating. Today, we're looking at our thoughts and how those lead many of us to emotional eating. The connection is very strong, and we're going to talk about how to break that today. Stay tuned. Welcome to the True Food Freedom and Faith Podcast. I'm your imperfect host, Cheryl Sharko, registered dietitian, nutritionist, and biblical counselor, here to get real with you, my sisters in Christ. Yep, I'm talking to you who struggle with restrictive food rules, chronic dieting, yo-yo diets, emotional eating and other issues that consume your life, your joy, and your peace. So get your comfy pants on, like I did, and get ready for some real talk about this journey, real nutrition information, and some real solutions so you can live a life in true food freedom and faith. I think it's important that I tell you that this isn't something that I have mastered and I never have to deal with again. I am in this with you. I have had certainly some success and some growth, some sanctification in this area, more than I actually thought I could, and that's very exciting to me, but I'll still fall back into emotional eating. In fact, maybe the reason this was even in my mind to do is because I just had a July full of emotional eating. It was for positive and negative reasons. There was a lot of celebration. I had just finished up a very draining, large project. So there was a lot of celebrating that in my family. We had multiple birthday celebrations. We had some fun. I also became an official empty nester. And so that was really sad for me. And this all happened in the same month of July. And there was celebration and there was sadness. And I found myself certainly doing a lot more emotional eating during that time. So In no way do I ever want to give the impression that I have mastered this and now I'm talking down to you, little student. It's not like that at all. This is beneficial to me as I walk through this process to help build podcasts, build resources to say, hey, am I doing this this way and challenging myself? So I just wanted to make sure I let that be known. I am with you, sisters. I am walking this path, but I know that this is the path. I know how much victory God has for us. I've experienced a lot of that, and I look forward to continuing to grow and be sanctified even more in this area. Okay, so with that, when we first think about emotional eating and how to deal with it, of course we look directly at emotions as the driving force of our habitual reaching for food. We try to cope with our feelings with food. We try to numb our feelings with food. We try to distract ourselves of our feelings with food. And we try to soothe ourselves with food when we're experiencing negative feelings. But this isn't really the complete story, and it's not fully effective to just target our emotions when wanting to overcome emotional eating. Sounds weird, I know. But as I discussed on last week's podcast, Emotions don't come out of thin air. And oh, I know it sure seems like they do, but if you're able to just stop and think through it, you'll often be able to identify something that caused the feeling to develop. It might be a situation, something in your surroundings, or an event. 
But most likely, however the path goes, it almost always goes through the tunnel of your thoughts. One of the most powerful drivers of emotional eating, arguably even more than the actual emotions, are our thoughts. This is because thoughts are what lead to and give birth to emotions. Thoughts are what stress us out. Thoughts cause our fears. Thoughts are our own interpretation of what others do, of what is happening around us. And thoughts are how we look for answers. So let me explain a little bit here. Your thoughts, which include your beliefs, your expectations, they determine how you read the situations around you, how you interpret life around you, interpret other people. For example, if an acquaintance walks by you with a scowl and doesn't return your greeting, your thought might be that she's mad at you. This is how you've interpreted the situation automatically without even trying. It just happened. But that might not be true at all. She may have just been insulted by someone else and is trying to get out of the room before she cries. She might have an emergency she's trying to get to. She might have just remembered she forgot to do something really important and is going to get in trouble for that. And she's single-mindedly just trying to rush in and get it done and didn't even notice you. So in other words, we really depend on our thoughts and beliefs to interpret our worlds, right or wrong. Well, think back on this particular scenario I just gave you. If you think this acquaintance snubbed you on purpose, well, that's going to birth some emotions, won't it? Perhaps fear of what she's thinking, maybe sadness, maybe anger or resentment. Maybe you're panicking about it, whatever. Do you see the power your thoughts have? Those emotions did not just arrive out of nowhere. They were a response to your thoughts and beliefs. And this happens all the time. Therefore, when we want to deal with the root of the troubling emotions, we really want to deal with the underlying thoughts, beliefs, expectations. And dealing with the root of the emotions, that's what's going to help us turn to proper solutions for our feelings and not to the ineffective use of food. Thankfully, thankfully, thoughts can be dealt with effectively, perhaps even more directly than we can deal with emotions. And we're going to get into that right after this quick break. There's a lot of new stuff going on over here, starting with our newsletter. Each week, you can expect some cool stuff like behind-the-scenes sneak peeks of the online program that's coming out in a few months or updates or any free resource. Well, those go directly to our newsletter subscribers. So don't miss a beat, a pod, or a peek by signing up for the free email newsletter at CherylSharko.com slash newsletter. Welcome back. So as we're walking through this explanation of dealing with your thoughts, it's going to help you understand some of the sections on your guide through emotional eating. So let's get started. Just like last week and the week before that, we want to follow this method first whenever we're feeling a desire to eat. Take these opening steps. First, we want to look for physical hunger cues. If we feel any real sense of physical hunger, then eat, eat with thanksgiving, enjoy that food that God has provided with gratitude to God. Now, if there are no hunger cues, the second thing we want to do is stop. We want to just stop right there. 
We want to take 10 minutes and do a quick self-evaluation and work through that guide through emotional eating. Again, this is going to disrupt that habit of mindless eating where you're feeling something, you grab for food. Okay, this stops that groove. Now we can take this time to look more deeply at what's behind the desire to eat using that accompanying tool that a guide through emotional eating. Uh, if you don't have this yet, you'll want to download your free copy at CherylSharko.com slash emotional eating. The link will be in the show notes. Um, this guide can be filled out on your computer and reused as many times as you want, or you can print out copies to keep with you, fill them out manually. But again, make sure you get your free guide at CherylSharko.com slash emotional eating. Okay, so we're going to take a few minutes and we looked last week at the emotions underlying our desire to eat. Now we're going the next step beyond that. We're looking at the thoughts which lead to emotions which cause us to want to eat. So today we're going to look closely at four points that will help us deal with the thoughts that ultimately lead to emotional eating and how to hold them captive. Ready? All right, let's begin. The first point I want you to think about is I want you to identify your thoughts and beliefs. Just like we did with the emotions, we want to specifically name and identify what our thoughts are at that moment. What thoughts or beliefs are you having right now when you want to reach for food? Perhaps the thoughts are related to a new situation or an interaction you just had could even be the weather change. You know, it could be anything for any person. And you need to find out what it is in you at that moment. What unmet expectation or unmet desire is disappointing you right now? So you understand you're really going to dig in and try to identify. You're digging deeper and deeper. This takes practice. It takes time to get used to even thinking like this. So again, you need to give yourself some grace. It's okay to learn this over time. Nobody can do this perfectly ever, but you'll get used to thinking in these terms more. That's the first point. The second point is that you need to now ask yourself, why food? Why food? What are you expecting food to do for you right now? Are you hoping that food will help you escape your thoughts? And then, hmm, how long after the food is gone will that escape last? Did you ever think about that? At that moment where you want to escape your thoughts, mm, when I'm done eating this piece of chocolate, I won't have that escape anymore. How long will that escape actually last once the food is gone? And then furthermore, ask yourself, well, what are you going to use to escape once the eating is done? because your thoughts are still there. We haven't dealt with the root problem. It's far better to address the thoughts and deal with them directly than to try to endlessly escape them, which you really can't, no matter what tools you're using, whether it's food, distraction from TV and screens, shopping, drinking, drugs, whatever, you can't really escape them forever. So point number three, I want you to now that you've identified what those thoughts and beliefs are, I want you to challenge them. I want you to challenge them first and foremost through scripture. What does the Bible say about those thoughts? Are your thoughts self-centered or are they loving towards others at that moment? 
That's a big one to ask yourself as a Christian. You will, unfortunately, if you're like me, uh, be surprised how often your thoughts are about yourself. I'm always surprised to think, well, this isn't about me loving someone else. This is really and truly just about me. So ask yourself, is that thought self-centered or others-centered and loving others? Also, are you giving the benefit of the doubt to a person or a situation, which is loving and gracious, or are you assuming the worst, right? So we're challenging these thoughts that are just taking over our mind. Also, and here's a big important one, are you struggling with all or nothing thinking? I will always be in this situation, or I can never overcome this. All those always and never thoughts, we need to challenge those. We need to challenge those. Also, one of the best things you can do is turn to Philippians 4, verse 8, where it begins the verse by saying, think on what is true. So now you want to ask yourself, wait a minute, is this thought true? Are you interpreting the situation, the response, the person truthfully and correctly? When I just mentioned the all or nothing thinking, I want you to realize that always and never thoughts are rarely true. I mean, if they're about doctrinal truths, of course they're true, but circumstantially in your life, always and never thoughts are rarely true. What ifs are not true thoughts either. So using Philippians 4.8, we're challenging our thoughts. Is this true? Is it a what if statement? Am I just worried about something that might happen? Well, that is not truth. It hasn't happened. You don't know that that's happening. It's not true. Now, if you believe, yes, this is a true thought, well, how do you know? How are you sure that this is a true thought? If you are challenging your thought and you think, you know, no, I I don't think this is a truthful thought. I can't really prove that it is. Well, now, how can you replace that with a truthful thought? That is going to benefit you not only for emotional eating, but through all of life. If you become somebody who practices this, taking your thoughts captive and submitting them to truths in the word of God and not letting your mind and your lying thoughts rule you, honestly, that's going to benefit you in every area of your life, every day of your life. So I would love for you to practice that habit. Most importantly, of course, set your mind on God He is good, he's holy, and he truly is all you need. The less you're mindful of him, the more your thinking is going to be distorted and it's going to bring unrest to your soul. And the more you're focused on the temporal world and the cares of the world, the less peace you'll have. That's just truth according to God's word. So keep your mind on him for peace, for hope, for proper perspective. I just mentioned Philippians 4. It says to think on what's true, but spend time in verses four through eight of Philippians four, verses four through eight, to retrain your mind how to think on God and find his true peace. Colossians 3, 2 also tells us, set your minds on the things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. And then the fourth point, I want you to practice, practice catching your thoughts renewing your mind with scripture and replacing old thoughts with correct ones. So the fourth point is just to practice this. It's going to take time. It's going to take practice. Now, as a little hint, 
When you have a desire to eat, but you're not physically hungry, it's a good sign that you might want to look at your thoughts and beliefs in your situation and practice these new skills right then. And you can use your guide, walk through that to help you practice. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey sisters, I have some good news. I want to get to know you better. I want us to support one another in this process, this journey to food freedom. It can be tough if we're doing it alone, so let's not. Why don't you join me in our private online community? I'll put the link in the show notes, or you can just go to Facebook and search for True Food Freedom and Faith. The and is an ampersand. I really look forward to us getting to know one another, so I will see you there. So today, of course, we're addressing the underlying thoughts that are leading us to emotional eating. And this takes some practice. This takes some focus, doesn't it? So when you're regularly caught up in emotional eating, if that's something of a lifestyle for you, you're going to want to learn to be intentional about addressing what you're doing, why, and what's underlying those feelings. Then you'll be better equipped to change your responses from turning to food to dealing with the issues effectively. When you want food but sense no real physical hunger, no real need for fuel in your body, stop, take the 10, and evaluate what's going on using your guide through emotional eating. If you've missed the previous episodes in this series and you want the extra insight on how to use this form or on what the prompts mean in more detail, We'll consider going back to episodes 40 and 41, which cover triggers, motives, and emotions and emotional eating. Then you'll want to take these four pointers to deal with the thoughts underlying your feelings. So first, again, we talked about identifying those thoughts and beliefs. What are they at this moment? Be specific, give them names, write them down. Second, ask yourself what you expect food to be able to do for you in this situation. What's it going to change? How long can that even last? Third, you're going to challenge the thoughts with truth and with scripture and replace your thoughts with true thoughts from scripture. And fourth, you're going to need to practice, right? You need to practice. You need to practice catching the thoughts to begin with, identifying what they really are, in those moments that you're tempted toward emotional eating and escape through food, and you're going to practice renewing your mind with the scriptural truths, the soothing truths of scripture and God's love and grace, replacing old thoughts with the new, loving, gracious thoughts from God towards others. Above all, keep your mind on God and not on the cares of this world, and you will find peace for your heart, mind, and soul. As mentioned throughout this whole series, I'm pointing you to the free resource, The Guide Through Emotional Eating, that we're using throughout the podcast series, Overcoming Emotional Eating. So make sure you download your free copy at CherylSharko.com slash emotional eating, or just use the link in the show notes. Come back next week for our final podcast in the Overcoming Emotional Eating series. I hope this has been helpful so far. And I always love to hear your feedback, of course. So until next time, my sisters, let's remember that our aim is not self-improvement. Our aim is not restricting our eating. But as it says in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. I'll see you next time.
Ladies, if this topic or any other podcast episode has been valuable to you, please help me get this information out to others who could benefit from it too by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to the podcast and sharing the episode on your social media. Or you can always come to any of my socials and like, comment, and share that way. This helps other people know it's important information that can benefit them as well. Thank you for helping.